Oh, hi, podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Wasted Takes, episode 27. No. Five? 27? No. Like five. I think it's 27. Uh, I'm Trey, joined, as always, by Tucker, Dylan, and Cam. What's going on, guys? I'm just letting oh. dream. So another week of no sports, basically. Not much news, I guess, but uh, we'll jump right in. I'm not ready to declare this a winner yet um, for ways to take of the week, but Cam is leading currently in the poll. He's up on he's up on me one vote, but so we'll just we'll you know we'll do what we always do. We'll declare you the winner for now, unless something changes in the next uh, 17 hours. So we really uh, struggle on on this poll thing. Well, you guys don't do it. I'm the only. I have, no, I have I, to remember it every day, every every week. So, but why do we do it on Monday? I don't know because that's when I remember that the podcast we're doing is that <laughs> night. So I put it on. Well, we've been doing the podcast on like Wednesday. Oh, how many times have you posted the poll? That's true. I'm, I'm I'm backing you up right now. All right. I was trying to back you up, and then you come at me. This has been a never-ending <laughs> battle, and I don't think it will ever end. All right, Cam. Uh, your your take looks like it might win. I don't think so. I think I'm going to come back on you. Somebody's going to see it. All right. Um, I mean, Dylan, I mean, Tucker, no, I guess I'm going to lump myself in with you, us losers, because I said I think you're going to win, and you got one vote. I think yourself. Yeah, it was so, myself. So you got, I cursed you. you I gave know. you the magnificent. I'm cold right now. I'm, I am so if cold. If Trey believes something is good, then it is bad. Yeah, no, I will. I will. Oh, now I'm looking at the poll, and now Dylan's jumped me. Now Dylan's right on Cam's heel. I don't know what's going on. People are just starting to vote now. Dylan has seven twice. Somebody sent somebody sent it to somebody and said vote. I got that's hundred percent. I voted happened. one time and texted. Nope. Check the check the tweets. All right. Check the receipts. Well, let's uh let's jump into ways to takes. Uh, Dylan, why don't you lead off this week? You never you never really lead off. So why don't you lead off? This All right. Week I got a hot and ready take right off the press. So we all remember my take about Mookie Betts that nobody liked. Do you remember? Yeah, that he's coming back? Yeah. Well, I got another Mookie Betts and just sports take in general. Mookie Betts, big loser. Wait, no. Never mind. I mean, he's still a big loser, but it's not his fault. He is what? He didn't He wanted. Didn't want to take the deal with the Sox for, what, $200 million was it? I don't remember. We'll call it $200 million. I don't remember either. Maybe he did have it. Anyway, so now he can't. Now there's no way that he makes $200 million. Whatever that amount of money that he was thinking he was going to make and turn down or something. He's not going to make that much money. I don't think anybody who's going to be a free agent next year in any sport is going to be worth as much as they were before this whole thing started. So I think it's a big L for uh, anybody who's going to be a free agent. They're going right. to just make not as much money. So what we need to write down for the take is Mookie Betts is a loser. I uh, think it's going to I think it's going to be salary People aren't worth as much money as they were before. <laughs> oh, I disagree. Like, I don't think – I think baseball might get affected, but I think the other sports – I think baseball won't get affected in terms of next year. I mean, because by next year, hopefully revenues are back to normal, and you can offer those huge contracts. But that's the thing is you don't know, and I think owners are going to be a little bit uh, conservative when it comes to signing guys in this next year, and I feel bad for those – Free agents that were worth whatever. Well, I guess I don't really feel bad. It's millions of dollars, but it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's it's all going to depend on how much a loss everybody ends up taking out of this. I mean, if the MLB has no season, they're definitely taking a loss, and 
I mean, we were already trending with the MLB with them not wanting to play pay players anyways. You see big-name free agents become stay free agents for a long time. So, I mean, I'd love to see him not get paid because screw the guy. If he doesn't want to be in Boston, I don't really care about him anymore. Um, <laughs> well, I, okay, I was just – Let me just also throw in, I forgot to mention our, our forbidden take, our forbidden topic, I mean. Trivia. Nobody can talk about the trivia game that I won, that I destroyed everyone at, and Cam can't bellyache that we're not playing trivia this week. So, that's your forbidden topic. All right. Um, Cam, your thoughts on Mookie Betts or it's not just Mookie any Betts. free agency? It was, it was an example. Free agents getting paid less, do you think that's going to happen after this disease? Less than what they would have made. I don't think it should happen. I um, think it will happen. None of, this is, none of this is their fault at the end of the day. Well, that's that doesn't matter. That's called It's called free market. Free market. Um, I don't know about that, Dill. I think everyone should be paid the same, um, whether you're a baseball player football player, a male, or a female. And that is my take on that. All right. That basis and facts. Love it. I just, I, I, dip, I mean, sports are king. I mean, sports will always make money. So maybe I just don't there see, will be a lull next year. But. I don't see owners taking a chance on a... Well, what? How much of a chance a are you MVP, taking on, on a MVP. guy like as, as much money. I don't think that that's a far-fetched idea that they're going to be... Not as willing to spend as much money because of what as is happening. It's uh, you they're think un, all thirty-two they're un, teams they're are gonna un, jointly agree that they can't pay that. Much. I think you're right in baseball. I think baseball has been trending that way, and I think that baseball is going to take the biggest hit from this, and this is going to affect baseball the you most. You can't you can't tell me that an owner is going to be sitting in his room, every single owner, and is going to be more willing to spend money today than they were six months ago. Well, we had free agency for the NFL when this was going on, and guys were still getting paid. Yeah. Dak just signed a $32 million deal. So, I, I mean, I think I think that baseball will be true. I don't think it will be true around other leagues. But All right. So that's the take that free agents are going to make less money next year. Okay. So I'll move on to my take. Um, I'm sticking on Tom Brady. I, I'm mad about Tom Brady still. He's in my face all the time. Join me. So, a lot of people, there's a lot of debate. Who's who's the happiest to see Tom Brady go? Who's going to benefit the most from Tom Brady leaving? A lot of people would say Jared Stidham. He's going to be the starting quarterback now. He's going to have a shot. A lot of people say Bill Belichick. He's going to have a chance to prove himself away from Brady. It's neither of those guys. I'll tell you who it is. You know what always frustrated me about Brady? As much as I'm a Brady lover and, like, from studying Brady for the past 10 years, he had his circle of trust, which were the receivers that he would throw the ball to. The, he, he, would throw, he wouldn't throw to rookies. He wouldn't throw to new guys that didn't know the system. He, wouldn't th- he would only throw to the guys that committed, that like bought in, that grinded, that, that were super that talented. Were with him in the offseason. Yeah, guys. So like guys like Julian Edelman came in as a quarterback who didn't know what he was doing. He had to beg for Brady's attention. He had to fight for four years to get into the circle of trust. And now, and you know, that was something you could do back when Brady was, you know, 10 years ago because you had time with him. Now he's old. You got no shot at getting in the circle of trust before he retires. The person who's going to benefit the most from this is Nikhil Harry. Let's go! Nikhil Harry is is going to have a breakout year next year with Jared Stidham. He's already working out with him. He's I'm I'm I hope to God he's studying the playbook because he couldn't get it down. But I think that part of it last year was Brady 
not wanting to get this young guy involved. He didn't want to spend the time with him. He, he was the first first round receiver that Bill Belichick had taken in like I don't even know ever. He sees something in him, and I trust Billy. But <laughs> the thing is, Brady is not there for the circle of trust. Stidham's going to throw the ball to whoever's open. He has to. I mean, that's the only way he's going to be successful. He doesn't have the talent that Brady had, you know, here. So, the, Nikhil Harry will benefit the most from Brady leaving. It will not be Belichick. It will not be Stidham. It will not be anybody else. It will be Nikhil Harry. That's my take. Tucker. I love this take. I mean, do I think that Nikhil Harry would prefer to have Tom Brady versus Jared Siddham? Yes. I don't know after last year. I, I, I think, but Brady was barking at him a lot of games, screaming so at him. you think he doesn't like him? I think Trouble he doesn't like paradise. him. Yeah, no, I think he doesn't Trouble like paradise. him. I don't think Mike Evans is going to like him. Maybe not, but continue. I don't think anyone will like him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see this being a net benefit for him and Mohamed Sanu as well. I think both these guys could become – I mean, because Mohamed Sanu is a very good role-playing, like, two, three guy in uh, Atlanta. I don't think Sanu has any anything in Lumpson Tank. I'm out on Sanu. But why? I just don't – I don't What I don't doesn't think, he have? He was never good in Atlanta. He was, he was really good in Atlanta. Like, he wasn't – I mean, he was behind the greatest wide receiver in the NFL. So, yeah, you don't get crazy numbers. But he was still good. He had one catch in that Super Bowl. I just never saw him be good. And I he and I think he was one of the guys who was in Brady's trust tree last year. He got ball thrown to him a lot. He couldn't do anything. Uh, Dylan, what do you think? Brady's circle of trust gone. I I can get behind the circle of trust thing, uh, like existing. Like that was definitely a thing. Um, it was sad last year because I did think there was more in Nikhil Harry, and it was kind of weird because it did seem like they just weren't using him. I don't know why they weren't using him. Um, my thing is, uh, if Brady ain't got no circle of trust now in uh, uh, Tampa Bay, is it going to be as good? That's an excellent point. Uh, Cam, give us the quarterback's perspective. You were a quarterback. You you had your circle of trust. Well, say I, think, it, I mean, honestly, but, I think you. Sorry, but I think you can build it up from nothing. Obviously, I mean, if, if you don't have a circle, then you can make a. Circle. Well, it's just that he was. It, it's like a known thing in the Boston media that he had guys that he would throw to, like Edelman. Like he would throw oh, yeah. to Edelman no matter what, and he wouldn't let these other guys in. You drafted receivers over there. You had Dobson. You had uh, Tompkins. You had. You know, some Dorsett. talent. Dor- yeah, I mean, Dorsett was in it, and then he got knocked out of it. That's the thing, too, that you can lose it. And it was like, it's just infuriating. As a Brady fan, that's something I always disliked. I was like, why doesn't he just take the time to develop these younger guys, and then he'd be set up? You it's know? all about performance. Yeah, perform, no, he's right. No, it's it's right. It's it's tr- That's true, but at the same time, it's like you got to help try to develop what you got around you. Cam, quarterback's perspective. So, here's, here's the take. Here's... Here's what's what's factual. You're right. Nikhil um, Harry did not get a lot of love last year. If you're getting drafted as a first-round wide receiver, you're expected to be at least the number two wide receiver on the team, and he didn't even get that much respect. Um, Jared Stidham is the same age as as uh, Nikhil Harry. They're they're just going to bond together, and you know, there's no reason not to get together and. You know, practice during the off season. Just be like, hey, maybe we can make something out of this. Obviously, Stidham, not obviously, I guess, but Stidham right now is, is still fighting for a job. I mean, there's yeah. no way in his mind he thinks like, oh, I'm the next, 
next franchise quarterback for the Patriots. He's got a he's got to make something of himself. Why not start with a guy his same age who's got plenty of years left in the tank, didn't get enough credit last year. So so I like that. I think Edelman's going to be you know a, a, a main target still, but Nikhil Harry's going to have to be a guy for them this year. So I agree on that aspect. Tucker, I I think it was you who said, um, you know. You know, maybe Brady and Mike Evans won't get along. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Unfortunately, I'd like to for everyone it. else. In, for, unfortunately, for everyone else in the league, Tom Brady is going out for this as as vacation time, and he's going after it with uh, "I don't really have anything to lose" mentality. And he's already been working out with these guys. He's just gonna. He's just gonna. You know, honestly, I think he's going to dominate this year. Um, he had a circle of trust in New England, and he was always playing to, you know, fit the bill, no pun intended. But at this point, he's got Chris Godwin, he's got Mike Evans, he's got uh, O.J. Howard, Howard and Gronk. He's got plenty of weapons to throw to. I don't think he's going to pick and choose who he's going to throw to beforehand. I think he's going to, you know, for once in his lifetime, just drop back in the pocket and throw to who's open, no matter who it is, and he's not going to... You know, well, Cam, out of, out of, when you were a quarter, uh, you were quarter, you were a quarterback for three years, and you had like basically three different sets of receivers every year. Like you, like we, there was always senior receivers on your team. Did you have uh, like did, you had to develop these guys? Did you have guys like you just were like I'm not going to waste time, or like you don't have to name drop, obviously, but you, did you have guys who's like I'm not going to waste the time with this kid, or, or were you were tr- or were you trying to make them better and make them an option? Yeah, see, okay, so I started playing, I started at quarterback when Declan broke his hand uh, my sophomore year, and I threw to every single person on the field. I don't care who it was, if you're open, I'm throwing to you. Paul, Graz, Heeman, Griff, you name it, I'm throwing to you. Next year, junior year, um, who were my receivers? Trey. Me, Leap. Josh. Every once in a while. It was it was basically you. You were my number one, obviously in the circle of trust. And then Griff was there. I I, I obviously I played it by you know who I thought performed well, who I thought could actually you know make a play once they get the ball, if they could even get the ball in the first place. At the end of the day, it's it's all about who's open. And I never really thought beforehand like, oh, I'm definitely going to this person unless it was a play that was designed for that purpose. So honestly. I, I can't say that I was one of the people who who picked and choose who I was going to throw to beforehand. I I trusted all my receivers because at the end of the day, if you're on the field, you should be able to make a play. And I think that's kind of Tom Brady's attitude right no, now. No, but I think that's the better approach. I in New England for the past at least three, three, four, five seasons, I don't think that's been his approach at all. No, it hasn't. But now that he's in a place where he's watched Jameis Winston just close his eyes and chuck the ball up and see what these players can do, it's going to be dangerous for him. Because now that he puts it where they actually want it, and like they can actually run routes that are designed, and he can throw it on the dime, I mean, that's that's going to be dangerous. Everyone's saying Tampa Bay 8-8. Eight eight. I, I don't see where you're coming from there. They're going at least 12-4. and four. I think it's going to take a year to mesh. I really do. But... I don't think it will. I don't. All right. Jameis well... Winston didn't need a year to mesh, because... Just chuck it up. All right, um, Cam, why don't you just jump right into your ways to take since you've been uh, you've sure. been talking. So Dylan went back on on his, one of his takes a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go back on uh, one of mine, and 
I want to say this is, you know, three months ago maybe. I I claimed that Trump was Trump was going to buy the Mets. <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Um, I loved that take at the time. I thought it was wasted. I thought it was great. But now there's been some rumors. Um, there's been a couple of rumors that Dave Portnoy. I just saw this. Literally saw just this, ten minutes yeah. ago. Is interested in, uh, not interested. He, he doesn't have any comments, but there's been rumors that he's involved in, um, the purchasing of the Mets. Um, I think that if this happens, the Mets are going to win the World Series in a few years. <laughs> wow. I think that Portnoy's just been on a heater his entire career. As soon as Barstool took off, that, that man just can't lose. Um, even when, you know, the, the, the record is set for him to lose, i.e. the, the, uh, video that came out Adult of him, videos. Out from him, everyone, you know, you try to roast him, you try to, uh, what, what's the word? Expose him. Cancel. And, Cancel. and he just embraces it. Yeah. He just embraces it and loves it and makes more money off of it. Um, he's, he, everything he touches turns to gold at this point. And, and that's. I mean, kind of a hyperbole, but not really. He's he, everything he does right now is just being successful. And I think if he goes into the Mets organization, he's going to get a lot more fans there. That's for sure. And he's going to get these players, you know, hyped up to play baseball for once in their lives. And I think they're going to go places. So I, I think if Fortnite has anything to do with the purchasing of the Mets, they're going to win a World Series in the next five years. Okay. So, a lot to un- unpack here. I'm a huge Prez fan. <laughs> go Prez, go. Brick by brick. By brick. I started getting into Barstool around 2014 when Deflategate happened. Guy was on the front lines. Got arrested for Brady. Um, first of all, how he, they say he's worth $100 million. Is that enough to buy a baseball team? $100 million? He's, no, he, was, he wasn't talking about buying it by himself. Oh, so it's an ownership group. Yes. Okay. I so don't, I don't know exactly with who, but I, I heard it was. I a, think I saw A Rod somewhere, maybe. A Rod was in on it, yeah. Yeah, but so definitely, I mean, if he has the money to do it and does buy the team, they're gonna find success financially. I mean, Barstool will be able to push them so much through the roof. It'll be a good move for the team, you know. It it'll definitely boost fandom and. In terms of winning, I mean, you're right. Dave Portnoy has never taken – he has taken probably two, three L's in his life. There was the one time that he leaked Brady's son's genitals and got in trouble for that. There was a time where he made the comment about the girl being a size six or whatever. That was a bad one. But other than that, yeah, man – He at Northeastern University once. Yeah, he's I'm, but he's unkillable, and he doesn't lose battles beast on the internet. He's got – hundreds of thousands of loyal followers like myself who will go to bat for him. He, so I, as much as I want to say that the ownership, like an ownership group involving one guy can't make that much of a difference. I can't say it can't, it doesn't because Portnoy has not taken an L in probably four or five years. So, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm in with the take. I agree. I agree with the take. Dylan, you're the baseball guy. Jump in. I always root for the Mets, a big Mets, uh, kind of fan but, but um, the even. oh yeah and uh, I think 
I don't know. Having Portnoy, Portnoy as part of a, an ownership group, I think he could bring some things to the team that would be funny, that would be entertaining. I think the fans will show up. I think the player, if, it, if he becomes big in the organization, the players would uh, have fun or like to play, knowing like that good relationship with the ownership. Um, so I'm all for it. Go Prez, go. I love it. I mean, I don't see how this could be a loser. I feel like it's a win-win for... The other thing is the Mets suck. So if they yeah, stink, exactly. all he can do is be like, well, they suck. <laughs> but the thing is, like, people go to Mets games if it's, like, with Barstool. I feel like if Barstool's a part of this, the people will go... More well, that, people will go to Mets games. That's the it other... will increase in I mean, attendance. The Mets are, like, a Barstool-esque sports team because they're in the shadow of the Yankees. So their the Barstool brand was always kind of like those kind of guys that I don't know hiding in the weeds kind of I don't know wanted wanted something that they didn't have in terms of entertainment. They and were never meant the mainstream. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Like the and that's kind of like not that's buying the Yankees. like Bills Mafia like type same type of deal. Like, they turned the Mets into Bills Mafia type deal. I. I, I mean, if there was a te- there was a couple teams that you could fi- honestly any of the Boston sports teams could fit well with a barstool ownership deal. Any probably the Mets. Um, the Mets because because they don't have anything else. They need their own thing. I, I mean, if Boston you're a Mets fan, you gotta be a are, sad sack. I, that's what I, I mean. Think Boston I, sports teams are too good. Yeah, that to be. Yeah, I mean, they oh, would never be up for sale. But no, my, my point too. is you more. Need, like, you need a team. You need yeah, a team that's down in the weeds. Like down in the weeds. The Phillies. Maybe? The Red Sox are too uh, like Boston sports teams are a little bit too respected. You need a team that has a little bit less like legacy. I feel like Cam. Well, Dylan, you mentioned that the Mets are in the Yankees' shadow. Another part of this is just taking away from the Yankees fan base. I mean, there's gonna be bandwagoners that that hop. They're like, "Oh, the Yankees are the best team in New York. I'm just gonna follow them." When Barstool gets on this and, and creates a fan base in, the, in a crazy there's environment, crazy there's going to be tens of thousands of people that just switch over. And, the, and I'm a Yankees fan, and I, I mean, I could see this happening, really. Mets I, would I instantly see, become my second favorite team if this happened. I could see instantly. the Mets taking over New York. Like, I'd want to go to a Red Sox-Mets game at... Bar- Barstool would be the group that would be able to turn going to a Mets game into like a fan, like an event, more so like more so than going to a baseball game. It'd be like going to a Bills game. Yeah, if they could, if they could somehow create that exactly. environment. That is, I mean, that is I don't know how much power, power, I don't know how much power Portnoy is going to have with his measly like twenty five million that he's going to put into this. Yeah. but <laughs> we're speculating that he that he uh, owns the team. <laughs> the Bills, the Bills completely average football team the Mets could be a completely average baseball team but it would be the best game to go to yeah exactly yeah, like, 100%. Oh, I, want, if I, I want to go to a Bills game so I mean bad. Bills Mafia has been oh, so bad. elevated by by Barstool they've been like and, Barstool, just, yeah, and they will do the same it. thing to the Mets fan base those are dirty subway rats sweating it out for the Mets but I like that yeah. that's a good take that's a good that's uh, that's a little out of, out of there it's a little out there but I like it I don't know how we're gonna fit it in a poll but we'll figure something out <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, Tucker, wrap up the lo- maybe one of the longest ways to take segments we've ever had. Yeah. Um. So this one's a little weird. It's not gonna be a take of the week kind of thing, but two, three years down the road, everyone's gonna be like, "Damn, Tucker, you were right. I would have never expected this." 
Within the next three to four years, rookie NFL rookie contracts will be put down to two years. Huh. So I've been listening to the whole Jamal Adams situation where he wants out, and it's the same thing with every rookie running back, and everyone wants a deal after their second year, and they want they want to get the money now because if they wait, they could get injured, all that kind of stuff, and people want the money immediately. And I think for these top 5, 10 picks, they see like these rookie deals as them getting screwed by the league. And I think that there's going to be significant stuff in the next NFL-PA agreement about reducing contracts or having opt-outs in contracts at or way earlier into them. Like the fact that there's fifth-year options on rookie deals is absolutely ridiculous. And especially when a football career is so short. Exactly. Like you can you could be out of the league at 27. Yeah. And like Mahomes could tear his ACL next year and still be on his rookie deal. God forbid. God forbid. Well, Trey, you almost sound like you were hoping for it. But, like, do you know how awful that would be if that dude walked out? I mean, don't get so, me wrong. He'd so, walk out with, like, $40, 50000000 million. But he's a guy that deserves, like, a half a bill. So what's the incentive for giving them these things just so that they're that rookies are under contract for that? I mean, a rookie deal, it's in the, the, the bargaining agreement that rookies are, are at least the – the first couple four. draft rounds are, mean, drafted, yeah. are signed for four well, that's, years. That's guaranteed money, though, up front for those four years. So, like, I don't think it I, is. No, they can cut you. You can cut. You can get cut. It's not guaranteed. Oh. That's probably that's one of the things about the NFL is they don't have guaranteed money. Well, yeah, so I don't I'm know. But they're not guaranteeing it. But the deal a, should only be two years. But it's a guaranteed contract, so I guess I don't understand how that works. So, I have – I mean, I don't know where to sit on this because – I do get pissed off at these players that won't play out their deals. Like, I do too. You, and you this would solve a that. Deal, play. So that's why no, that's why I tend to agree with you is because I think it would solve it. I think it's a good idea. You mentioned like the first couple guys. I think it's a good idea to have a cutoff for the maybe the opt out. Maybe you know you have maybe you make it a universally a, a three year deal, and then the t- the first two three rounds you make. You make it so there's an opt out after the second year. Yeah, and but the, also the other side to this is there's players that don't earn their next contract until that I mean. third or fourth year of their rookie deal. You know, they not everybody is a Saquon Barkley who comes in right away or a Pat Mahomes yeah, who comes that, in right that's away. That's the thing I was trying to get at was there's got there is incentive for the younger guys. So are the guys that maybe aren't as good, and you're only talking about. A few players that are like a I mean, little I think probably the be, the easiest way to solve to as much. the easiest way to solve it is opt outs. Yeah, not just I a agree. cut a cut off deal, should, a two year deal, it, an opt out after two. Because there's but, guys after two like Lamar Jackson, if he could take a new deal right now, and like because he's uh, the thirtieth pick, he's probably making like five six million right now. Duke could be making thirty five forty. But million. there's also the issue of then. The salary cap comes into it, and how much are you paying? If these guys are all opting for new deals right away, are you going to be able to make keep your picks and keep other players? And well, no, but that's part of the game is like that, trying to work around the salary. Well, cap. I mean, but if you, all, you have two more years, you can maybe do a little more, you know, busting with the numbers than you can in a year and a half. That's the whole thing with the that's the whole thing with the owners and kind of keeping the uh, the game at more even, I guess, because what happens when you draft a guy that is great for two years, 
for your team, and now he's gone. Cam, what's your like, opinion on the on the they subject? Do what they do for like the sorry, but what they do for baseball, right? They have arbitration, and they can pay their yeah. Their I, more. Baseball though bothers me. But what? But what are you supposed to do? Just let some team pile on on guys? Well, give on them young your guys. Baseball. What would, you, what would you do if if Lamar Jackson played two years and then left to a different team, I mean, or or Patrick Mahomes played? Two it years would suck, but you'd have to pay baby. them. You'd have to pay them. Like, that's football just, is such a weird sport because it can end like that. The average NFL career is like a year and a half, I think. Or yeah, so everybody's out of the you're out. Of, the average NFL player is out of the league in eight months or something like that. So it's such a weird sport because it can end so quickly and there's not guaranteed money. But Cam, Cam, your opinion on rookie contract? So, so just, just real quick, what is, what is the take exactly? Um, is that within the next four to five years, the four-year rookie deal thing is going to be first? Ex- it was two to three, then it was three to four, now it's four to five. No, so but I'm saying the four. Pay. No, I'm saying that that deal that they have right now, which is a four-year deal, is going to be xed out within the next like three to four years. Okay, three to four. Down, down to a two-year deal. Yeah, we're, I'm not going to say specifics, but I, I like Trey's idea more than anything. Two years and then opt out. This is a this is a group take. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's turning into one. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, with, with, I mean, I guess it goes both ways. You know, I mean, if you're if you're playing really well and you just have nobody around you doing anything, you should opt out. And if you're really bad and you and you have a really good team, then you should be, you know, caught or traded. I, I mean, I, I, I don't cut really... anyways at that point. Here's what you do. Here's uh, what you do. You put you put a player up for auction, basically, to where any team can say how much they want. It's like free agency. Dylan, uh, I'm, just gonna say, say, and then I, I'm just going to say whatever, putting black people on auction but will what, probably go poorly but what, in 2020. Whatever. What, what <laughs> sure. Didn't need to do that. <laughs> I'll finish, I'll finish it. I'll finish my take. So, don't bet him canceled 2020. <laughs> so whatever, whatever team says they will give the most amount of money to the player, then the, the team that he's opting out from has the opportunity to pay them that same amount of salary if they want. You know what I mean on the opt out? I guess. I mean, yeah, I, they you know need I mean? to figure it out so that teams can't just stockpile, or or they just lose their due. Yeah, that's the whole part. The whole thing that's kind of tricky about it is is that a draft pick is so valuable because you have this guy for four years. Yeah. Why don't you? And if you, you get a hit on him, then you've got a franchise player for four years. Or what happened? Well, yeah, and you you draft a guy purposely who might not be as good just so you can hang on to him for a few more years. No. Probably not, but that's still two more years. It's of a, a tricky situation because losing the guy. As much as Tucker's got onto something that these guys should be paid, I really it bothers me when guys don't want to play out their their contracts. That they sign this deal, they know what they're getting into. It's not so much for rookies because they have. It's either you sign this yeah, deal you or, you or you don't. Or you don't play. But. For like for for more veteran players, I've have always have a problem with guys signing a deal and then being like, I don't want to play this deal. You know, it's kind of like 
scummy. It's a verbal agreement. It's a written agreement that you're yep. supposed to play. But all right, well, that's an in- interesting one, Tuck. I like that. Um, let's just touch quickly on the SBs. Well, we'll we're gonna think it's a short episode today. Nothing happened in sports, so uh, we'll touch on the SBs and then we'll move on to the room, which I'm very excited to talk about. But okay, uh, SBs winners. I'll give you guys some winners and you tell me your reaction. All right. Best breakthrough athlete athlete was Saquon Barkley, running back for the New York Giants. What? Wait, no, this is 2019. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, uh, Give me one second. Give me one second. I got. I got another website. I'm like, I think. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, this was not a Saquon. Okay. Okay. Who am I gonna guess? Oh crap! I can't find it anywhere. Breakthrough athlete. Who's your guess, Tuck? My guess for breakthrough athlete is Lamar Jackson. Easy money. I don't think they gave out normal awards this year. Cam, what happened with the ESPYs? Did it happen? Are we... What's that? What happened with the ESPYs this year? They did it, like, virtually. Yeah, but they didn't give out, like, normal awards. No, they gave... Listen, there was only one I wanted to talk about, honestly. But, um, yeah, they gave out, like, the Arthur Ashe and and the, the Pat Tillman and the most... Rewatchable moment. Or yeah, I can't stop watching moment. I think I went to snack that snacks guy. That's the biggest one I wanted to talk about. I like the. I'd rather talk about the new Newtown one. That one was way cooler. See, the snacks see, guy is like funny. It's like haha, look at this fat guy running around shooting the ball. So, so, so personal relationship here. Um, I was I was following the ESPYS last night and I watched all the. Um, you know, Arthur Ash Courage Award goes to this guy. I don't know who he is. Uh, Pat Tillman Award, you know. Ash, Arthur Ash know. went to I, Kevin Love. I, I haven't followed the you you know, charity as sport much sport. as I should have, I guess. But the one, the one, you know, can't stop watching award that went to Snacks was despicable. In despicable? My how, how in the world? Does Newtown not win it, that? How in the world do you not give that to Newtown winning the state title on the anniversary of the San Diego shooting? I have on a on a overtime like a game winning touchdown too. Two very good friends from the school that went to Newtown High, one whose brother was at was on the team during that game, and and that moment was was played in ESPN commercials. That moment was replayed on Sports Center. Every day for a month after it happened. How in the world do you, you know, nothing against Snacks. I mean, sure. No, I, I got I, big I, things against He's fat and he runs okay, around shooting basketball. Good for him. Yeah, good job. You went one for four, five on threes in a game where they let you shoot. <laughs> I don't think that's rewatchable. I think that's, you know, playing to the politics card. I'm sorry, but. Oh. oh. All right. I, I, I mean, I mean, I, I think it was fun. I, I laughed at it. I, I said, good for him. And even that, I'm not even saying that. The one-legged kid on the high jump, the kid who did a high jump way higher. Snacks than might be the worst the worst one on the list. No, it was the second worst. The bat flip was terrible. That was dumb. She threw her bat after a, a, a bat Yeah, but it was a girl. Pitch. It was a girl, and it's all about that. But how in the world? I I, I can't Wait, I gotta see the snacks thing. I've never seen it. Like, 
the crowd, okay, the crowd at the Snacks game was like, oh, hey, Snacks, yay, that was awesome. The crowd at the Newtown game. Is this like college? Is it college? Was he college? Yeah, Jackson State. It was it was Jackson State, but, but yeah. It's He's big and fat. This is the funny thing. High school. But listen, imagine this. He had a you thing. Know, I, I, it, 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 honestly, like. I'm surprised ESPN would uh, would do that, and because they, I'm surprised they wouldn't be like, "Oh, look, we're making fun of a chubby kid for playing sports." No, it's it's inspiring because he's fat and he made a three pointer. Fat people. Yeah, yeah but we're we're laughing no, at it because because he's fat. These it's kids that were close, like how these kids were young when this thing young. happened. They they were very close to the age when it happened. Let's see, and they were probably so the seniors were 18. They were 10. They were ten when it happened, when they the shooting in happened. The school. They were probably in the school. Yeah, that, yeah I mean that's I, unbelievable. But let's talk about other awards. I mean Nelson Cruz won Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award. He beat out the McCourty twins, which I was mad about. But I don't know a thing that Nelson Cruz has done in his life. He said, "En primer lugar, I said Spanish. Start, said a lot of Spanish. See, he did a good job. Um, Sports Humanitarian Team of the Year was the Aruba. Dodgers. They did a good job making money for things." Uh, Jimmy V award goes to this TK Ware kid who was actually pretty, pretty cool. He got, you know what happened to him, Cam? No. This, this, the kid who won the, uh, Jimmy V award for perseverance. He plays football no, and he's all like burnt up. He oh, got like, like, he got like burnt? burnt up or something. I don't know exactly what happened to him, but like fire. Yeah. Like he, he's, wow. he looks like he's hurt, but he's all right. He plays football. So Pat Tillman award for service goes People to Kim Clavel. Boxing. Uh, Arthur Ashe goes to Kevin Love for I don't know what. What did Are Kevin? Sure oh, melt to health. He was depressed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, come oh, on. So sad. <laughs> I played basketball and make millions of dollars, and now I'm sad. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot myself in the back of the head. There was also a tribute to the late Kobe Bryant and a Black Lives Matter themed introduction from co-hosts Russell Wilson, Megan Rapinoe, and Sue Bird. So there was a lot of politics involved in this year's and a lot of not so much viral sports moments, which is kind of what I like the ESPYs for. But what are you going to do? I mean, this is the world we're living in now with no sports and I don't know. But all right. So let's move on. Let's end the show. We're la- it's late. I don't want to be here all night. It's hot. It's 11. I'm we tired. turned off the I AC. all day. Yeah. So the room. I'm I so I, I watch both of the room and. And the Disaster Artist. Tucker, you just watched The Disaster Artist. Yes. And Dylan and Cam just watched The Room. I did. I think this is the first time we technically all did it. I, I picked a good one. Movie. So that means no one's movie. picking the movie next week. So, so no I... No one's watching I'm the movie. So... I said no one's going to watch the movie next week since we all did it this week and no one ever watched two in a row. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. I got a good one. Well, all right. So let's go around. I want to hear people's opinions on – let's just do Cam and Dylan first and then we'll go to Tucker for his outside look, which is more the disaster artist, and then I'll give my wrap-up of both. But Cam, what did you think of The Room? I, I, I'm not you, – did you like it? Did you think it was funny? Like what up? Um, so I watched it right after the episode. Uh, it was it was fresh in my mind, and it was it was you know without a doubt by far the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's not a question. It was it was before this. It was Spirit, the movie with the horse. That's a good. What are you talking about? That's a good movie. Hated that movie. 
uh, now it's the room. So, so, um, yeah, we were, we were Snapchatting each other, just, just laughable bits of the movie that were like, is this actually real moments? The, the football, the football passing was, yeah. was not technically, you said technically a sports movie. There's a lot of football passing. I think that, that, that classifies as a sports movie. I just don't understand what, what the purpose of making this was. When he, when it, what went through his mind when he was like, this is, this is going to be good. You've got to watch. The plot is terrible. Okay. So let's, wait, let's touch on the plot. The same conversation happens 12 times and they yell the same thing at each other. Dylan and I were talking about it before. The, The scene when they're on the roof and Denny gets attacked by Chris R. And he, they go, I think the dialogue is something like, what's wrong? I owe him money. How much money? It's not important. How much money? It's not important. Why do you owe him money? I do drugs. Why do you do drugs? I don't do drugs. I just needed money. How much money? It's incredible. It's incredible, the dialogue in this it, movie. It's the, 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 the mom and the girlfriend are yelling at the kid their own two things and nobody's talking to each other it's just them two yelling at the kid and the kid at one point goes why are you ganging up on me <laughs> they also have speaking of the plot just several unresolved like b stories the cancer the cancer part is the the wow. one of the most incredible parts because she the mother sits down and says you know all this bad stuff's happening and i'm dying and and uh lisa says you're not dying she goes well i got the results of the text back I definitely have cancer. And that, I mean, that's a bombshell, and it never comes up again. No, no emotion out of Lisa just goes, you'll be fine. <laughs> never comes up it. again. <laughs> Lisa was right. I mean. I mean, I guess. And just, like, and the, I mean, the, the, the best part of this movie is Tommy Wiseau. I mean, the director, the producer, the writer, the, uh, the, well, the uh, all and all. Director, producer, star. writer, star, he... Funded it. I don't know if that's one of those yep. ones, but he funded Produce, the whole thing. Executive producer. And directed. Did we say directed? Yeah. Yep. I don't care. It was all the things. Of a million dollar movie, five million dollar movie, and it made money. I don't think anybody in the world could say that. I mean, he... Unless it's like a His porno. acting in this is unbelievable. It basically is a porno because in the first 20 minutes, there's four sex scenes. It, yeah. And they're, they're, they're repetitive and they're boring and it's like... I don't this, need to this, see this. So this movie was either some guy wanted to make a porno, but his wife or somebody said no. So we decided to make this movie instead with a lot of sex, terrible sex scenes in it and about as good as acting as porno. <laughs> or it's a bunch of aliens playing humans in a movie. I've seen a review that or, said like it's like what what if you explained a movie what a what a drama, dramatic movie to an alien is they would make the room. Or it's like you know when you we can do like a computer generated stuff. It's like a computer put took inputs. It like watched a bunch of movies and then created its own movie and it came out as this. Okay, so and then they acted to it. talk about what they were thinking. Tucker, you watched the Disaster Artist, which is by James Franco and Dave Franco. It's a great movie. I also watched it. But it goes more into what they were thinking, mm-hmm. what was going on. So what did you think of that? I thought it was like the whole idea of the plot was kind of cool. I liked the whole movie. Uh, it was really cool. And it had so many A-listers in it. Well, that just shows how much the room has like blown up since it was yeah. that all these all these big names in Hollywood know about this movie because it's so bad. 
But yeah, basically the whole thought was like they couldn't get into any movies because they weren't good enough. And like the so yeah. yeah, and so they decided to make their own movie. Well, they're not good actors, so yeah. <laughs> Come on, Lisa isn't too bad. I think Lisa does okay. Is Dave Franco a good actor? I mean, um, the guy that... Greg Sestero? Yeah. I have no idea. I don't think he's been in anything. Was he good in the movie? No. Oh, really? <laughs> Which one's Greg Sestero? Uh, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. He, he Mark was definitely the best, and he was about a two. Out of he 10. was not great. No. But okay, so, Tucker, let's rate Disaster Artist, because it technically wasn't a movie, but I gave you a pass, so... I'll give it like a six, seven. Okay. I liked it. I liked it. It wasn't like anything that I'd rewatch. I don't think it's a rewatchable movie, but like. Wait, I'm confused. Is it, it a good. movie or is it a doc? It's a movie about the making of the room. Okay, now it's, I need to watch. You it. have to watch. No, you and Cam should both watch it. You'd love it. I mean, it, it explains it explains some of the bizarre things you see in the room. Like I I've I watched I got actually. Well, what, what is this the week. what is the room? What room? Is there a room? It's because it was it, – I guess it's based on a book that all this – all the whole story happens in one room. It's very loosely based on a book. I mean I know that that book exists and that has nothing to do with this movie. Well, I mean – Maybe they filmed it in one room because there was one The guy, one you set. have to – like I, I looked up interviews with Tom Wiseau. I looked – I went I went on a tirade. I looked up Wikipedia's about it, like uh, articles about Tommy Wiseau, what he's doing in his life. He's an incredible, incredible character. This movie fascinated me. I'll give my score, then we'll go to your scores, I guess. But in terms of a movie, this is a 1-6. It's not overwhelmingly shot. It's terribly acted. The soundtrack's bad. The mixing, the editing. The plot makes no sense. (laughs) The plot. Everything that could have gone wrong in this movie. But on an entertaining entertaining factor, this is like a 7-7. This is an extremely entertaining thing to me. I don't know if it's just me because I like movies and stuff, but it's... It's actually incredible how bad it is. It's hysterical. And and, and it, clearly there's other people out there like me because they're making money off it. They're still s- selling sold-out shows. So uh, I'll give it a 7-7 seven, seven in terms of entertainment scale. On a cinematic scale, it's a 1-6. It's awful. It's awful. But uh, Cam, score. You weren't a fan, it sounds like, but score. I think you're muted. So... I, uh, I, I still can't get over this movie. Um, you know, the, the scenes that happen, it, it seems like a parody. Like, they, they were just doing this as a joke. Um, how could she do this to me? Oh, hello, Mark. <laughs> like, that, that, that dialogue is just the worst thing ever. Well, he now um, claims, after, after everybody started laughing at it, he now claims it was made as a comedy. But he's lying. Yeah. But I gave it a... I give it a point nine. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a one. I give it a point nine. Lowest score yeah. on the on in the history of this podcast. All right. Wow, even lower than Nacho Libre. Yeah, you would prefer watching Nacho Libre than this. I didn't watch Nacho Libre. <laughs> what? I I said you would like it. Oh, well, I didn't watch it. So Please watch. watch it. I'd rather watch The Room a hundred times than Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre is funny. <laughs> All right. The Room is funny. Okay, The Room. Okay, this is my score. Like Trey and Cam, cinematic level of this movie is an absolute atrocity. <laughs> it should be, at the same token, it should be put on a pedestal and put into a museum. It's the best, worst movie ever it's made. It's the worst movie ever made, and you should get a medal for it, because it's so friggin' funny. 
how bad it is. It's like watching. It's not even like watching a car wreck because that's kind of exciting. This is not exciting. It's just like, but it's just funny. It's just terrible to watch that it's funny. There it has to be a bottom. So is this a zero? I'm getting. Uh, that's what I was getting at. It's literally the worst movie of all time. So it is a zero. It's zero point zero. But as an en- but as an enter- wow. as an entertainment, just watching it, it's funny. I'll tell you why I gave it a point and a half or more. Okay, there's- because there's some decent cinematography here and there. There's some decent acting there's not- out of some people. No, there's I think. not. No, there's. I don't not. think Lisa does a horrible job of what she's I- given. Dude, her mom has cancer, and she said, "I don't." That's I don't written. Care. That's written into the script. Yeah, though. but she. Sh- it wasn't improv. It they tried improv. to. They- okay. Well, anyway, it was terrible. Terrible writing made the actors look worse, but they're still terrible actors and actresses. And it was intriguing. The ending was intriguing, I thought. His, his... I personally, I skipped over every sex scene. Oh, yeah, well, I, I did too. We talked about that. Yeah, it, everyone. It's pointless. Yeah. I skipped over everyone. It's like, it's like these guys tried to be serious in a movie, and 15 minutes in, they're like, this is not going to happen, but let's roll with it and make it That's funny. exactly what happened. You have to watch a disaster artist. No, if they did Denny not try to make involved, it. If Denny got involved, no, but they, I would have been but a lot more. If they, if, <laughs> if they, he tried to, he didn't. He, it wasn't for a lack if, of trying. If they were, if the people making it were smart enough to know that if they try hard and make it look so bad that it would do some sort of, I don't know, quantum physics, and we, it would be a funny movie, then good on them because it worked. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. All right, Cam. Good doggy. Your turn. Movie time. What are we watching? Are we watching a worse movie than The Room? Don't think it's possible. Let's go. No, I I you know my um, strategy with these. Uh, it's movies that I've never watched, that everybody has seen, that I've always wanted to see, but just never had the time. So this movie is. Or give me a hint. The give me a hint. Oh, The Matrix. I've never seen it. I've never seen it as well. You seen the Matrix? Wow. I have. Sure. I don't sure. remember it. I've been meaning to watch it. I know what it's about. I'm kind of afraid. There you go. So, um, I was looking through, you know, a list of movies today. I was kind of looking for one similar to Back to the Future, Jaws, something that people have seen, people talk about. I don't get the references. Matrix is it. Uh, it's got a pretty good score on IMDb. I doubt I'll give it that high of a score. But I'm going to go in optimistic, and I'm excited to watch this movie. I just hope it doesn't explode my brain. It's kind of I, – I, I, Cam, I think you're going to get a kind of similar feeling about uh, how, when you said you watched the Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. When you're like kind of like it plays out as you're watching it, and you're like, what, what's going on? You try to think about it. I think you're going to get into that that feeling with the movie. I know I haven't seen it, but I've heard, heard a lot about it. So I think it's going to make our brains hurt. Is what I think. But I'm down to watch it for sure. I've never seen it, and I mean, everybody we, talks about it. So. so, side note, when we stare at the stars at night, this is what you're going to feel. Exactly. You're going to love it. We like to stare at the stars and cry about how insignificant we are. But, all right. So, that's episode 27. A little bit of a weirder episode. Long wasted takes and long movie discussion. But, uh, you know, hopefully we have some more news next week. Check us out on our socials. Uh, yeah. Th- uh, thanks for getting wasted with us. See you next week. See you.